Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can, folks, on this show to uh, to give you a tool bo- a toolbox, a handbook to your life. You know, most of us get to just deal with life and try to figure it out, and yet a lot of us don't have access to some of the great research and some of the great insight uh, that's out there, along with just, you know. Funny day-to-day tools, life. Today we've got a great show for you. Today we're talking crushes, and um, I'm going to come clean. I'm coming clean. I have a new crush. Do tell. Does it start with Ole? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I used to be in love you with— You like bullfighting. Um, I used to be in love with this video game called Deer Hunter 2014. And um, Juan's trying to find the button. Oh, Juan. I didn't make these buttons, so okay. don't look at me. It, Usually, goes, it goes like this. Bing! Ding! Uh, and I used to love that. And then, um, not to brag, but I ended up dominating the entire game. And I uh, had every game, had every gun, had everything you wanted to do. Well, everything you could ever want to do, I had, the, I had it. Dominated. Then, you know, had to find a new love. And um, I found that, and I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not going to promote another game. But... Um, I'm now in love. Oh, wow. Did you hear that delay, Mike? That was a long delay, but, you know, it was worth it because that's how much you care about Deer Hunter 2014, right? Yeah, Deer Hunter 2014. Yep, still a delay. <laughs> that's funny because I guess we're, we're getting in closer. The deer are a little slower. <laughs> it's like we're on here. a submarine and we're trying to, like, zero in on where it is. But uh, now my, my new It's love... a deer in the headlights. <laughs> is the game even fun anymore? No, no. But my new game is very fun. World Cup. World Cup is the new ding. Let's use let's use a ding on the World Cup. <sighs> Love it. It's my new crush. It's my new relationship. It's my new date. It's all of those things. And on the show today, we're talking relationships. We're talking dating. We're talking about crushes. We're talking about everything that has to do with Love Fest. I'm calling it Love Fest 2014. Uh, and I, I've got the perfect crew gathered here. Nobody knows more about love than the three guys around me. Juan Mijares, uh, who's in law school, uh, married. Mm-hmm. Love master. You could say that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Sean O'Neill, who um, also is married. Yeah. This is the eve of his um, – he's leaving on a trip. Um, I'll be here tomorrow. Okay. So it's yeah. the eve of the eve. Okay. The eve of the eve. Mm-hmm. And again, no one says love more than Sean O'Neill. <laughs> no one says it, I meant. Like, literally, no one says it more than Sean. Sean's like, love, love, love. And then, of course, we've got, uh, you know, Mike Pond, who is known by half a dozen or so as very loving. <laughs> uh, grandma, we got grandma, you got your mom, two That's aunts, two. there's four. four. Uh, your dad, five. five. Brother. Oh, and your brother. Six. Six. Yeah. Oh. That is half a dozen. There you go. Mm-hmm. So we're talking love today, and actually we're going to bring in a real pro. Dr. Brian Willoughby is going to be joining us. He really knows what he's talking about, and so we're going to ask him a few things. But one thing I have to ask him about is, 
You've mm-hmm. heard the phrase sowing your wild oats, right? Right. Yes. Which I never did. I never sowed them. Well, I've got wild oats. They're out in the garden right now. I saw every time you walk down the hall, I see wild oats falling out of your pockets. I keep them. Yeah, they're they're good for <laughs> breakfast. Actually, I don't know what that's about. That's just a weird thought, though. (laughs) Whose oats are these? Oh, Oh, Sean. Just Sean's. I have horses following me around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's horses. The horses out of the studio. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. But uh, Dr. Willoughby wrote an article, Sowing Wild Oats. He did a study. You know, if those kids that just go party kind of go sow their oats, Mm -hmm. those that are sexually active with a bunch of people, the question is, does that actually enhance... Their relationship later on, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I've already kind of read part of it. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it worse. See, because we say, yeah, you, you know, I got to sow my oats. Got to. Well, there's sow a lot my... of people who say practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, not true. Uh, it depends how you practice. Mm-hmm. Practice makes permanent. That's what my coach used to say. That's what my music teachers always say. Uh-huh. Really, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Hmm. Like she... technique and things. If you do it wrong. Yeah. If your pinky's all the way up in the air when yeah. all your other fingers are down, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. See, that's Sean. I've been telling you. Okay. You got to put this your pinky down. This is why I don't down. play guitar. Yeah. Oh. I thought you were like, because you hold the mic with your pinky up. You it looks a little tip weird. Tip your bottle yeah. with your water mm-hmm. with your pinky up. Yeah, sure I do. So we're going to be talking about that today. Also on the show, again, who knows more about love than uh, Meg Conley? Many people, when she's on our show, they they just say they love her. That's true. Yeah. And I love her. She's my favorite. She's great. She great. Mm-hmm. Did you just say she great? <laughs> yeah. He did, yes. Okay, no verbs? She, no verbs on this show. Try a verb. Try one verb. She she is great. She be great. Do you have a crush on Meg? I have a professional show crush on okay. Meg. Okay, okay. I can go for that. She's, she just, she's very stimulating intellectually because she goes mm-hmm. so fast. Yep. Yep. Have you ever noticed that? Yep. She's she's a fast talker. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like those brain training games online. Like you got to keep up. Uh-huh. Mm, it's hard, but she's it's good like, for you. Well, let's not tell her that. But let's just all know that when she's on, she's like a brain training game okay. for old people. <laughs> she's oh. like that. Uh, so also, we we've given a very special assignment to uh, Maddie Maddie Richard, mm-hmm. and uh, Maddie is only here every other day because uh, it, she said something about the intensity of the show. I know. And the rudeness of a few. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. But I appreciate you owning it. Um, so she put together, though, something for us about crushes because apparently she's been in millions of them. I guess. I didn't know that, but okay. Nobody has been more crushed. <laughs> Is that the, how you say it? I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm not an English major. But nobody's been more crushed than Maddie Richards. So she's put together just a little kind of assignment where she's going to teach us about the importance of your first crush. I still remember my first crush. It was kindergarten, and we sat by each other during story time on the circle rug. I remember moving from crush to crush as I grew up, lingering longer on some than on others. There were valentines, tag at recess, notes passed between classes, girls' nights where we giggled about all of the boys we knew, hearts drawn in yearbooks, long phone calls in secret, Hide-and-seek games that lasted until the streetlights turned on. Text messages dancing quickly back and forth. Walking to classes together. Going on dates. Picking out the perfect dress for prom. Hellos and goodbyes that seemed to last forever. All of these memories of the various crushes I had growing up. They were important to me. 
Looking back, they're less important now, and maybe even seem a little bit silly. But they shaped who I am. I remember vividly being in the second grade and opening up my yearbook after all my friends had signed it. Someone had anonymously written, I love you, in boy handwriting. I was pretty sure it was a shy boy in our class who had very similar handwriting and waved at me whenever he could. I remember feeling excited that a boy loved me. Not my dad, not my brother, a real boy. That's the first moment that love was exciting to me. It's a moment I'll never forget. Fast forward a few years and I'm in the ninth grade. I remember having a conversation with a friend about a girl he liked. I jokingly asked, so do you love her? He looked at me a little bit shocked. I won't know what love is like until I'm older. I won't love anyone for a long time until college, probably. I remember being so surprised. I thought I was in love way back in kindergarten. I wasn't sure how to respond. I was quite certain I'd loved someone before. I wasn't sure how he hadn't. This has led me to my theories about love. There are a few different parts, so try and stay with me. Number one, you don't have to be a certain age to be in love. I'm quite sure my little kindergarten heart loved that first crush as much as I was capable of. Our hearts grow and mature, and so does our love. I'm sure the love I felt for my very first high school boyfriend will be different than the love I feel on my wedding day. And I'm sure the love I feel for my husband when our first child is born will be different than that newlywed love. And the love I feel for him when all of the kids are grown will be different than the love I had for him while they were growing up. Love changes. It grows. It's different. But it's still love. We need to let ourselves feel more. I think we suppress our feelings, think that it's weird to love people. I sometimes joke that I love too much but I'm really happy that I do. Letting ourselves feel is what makes us different from all the other creatures out there. We have to stop being afraid of feeling. We need to teach our kids that love isn't about physical things, but it's about emotions. We shy away from crushes and love, telling our kids not to get too involved because of the physical aspects. You can love someone without all that, and we need to encourage our kids to do that. You're going to get hurt. We try and defend ourselves and defend the people that we care about from being hurt when in reality that's part of growing. Yes, it can be so hard, but in the end it's all worth it. We always say we learn the most from our mistakes and we learn the most from the hard times and the trials. But we're so scared of going back there. We come out stronger when we let ourselves love someone and maybe get hurt. It's all worth it though. Don't diminish the feelings of your kids. It may be a third-grade heartbreak, but it's still a heartbreak. That's the most traumatic thing they're going through, and if we belittle or diminish it, it will push them away from emotions for the rest of their lives. Crushes are hard. Relationships are hard. But they're worth it in the end. Relationships are what make our world go round, and the more we care for them and nurture them, even at that young age, the better outcome we'll get. I'm happy to say that I think I've been in love lots. I didn't stop loving people, I just outgrew the love. One day I'm going to find a love that I won't outgrow, that will grow with me. And I'm excited for that. But that doesn't diminish all of the other loves that I've had in my life. Well done, Maddie. Maddie Richard. Love Fest 2014. She started it off right. And again, nobody needs to make fun of crushes. Except... The one in the can? 
the one in the can, the one when Maddie comes back, we're going to talk about. Hey, we're taking a break. When we come back, we're bringing in the good Dr. Brian Willoughby. He's going to be teaching us all about love and relationships right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. we got a great guest in studio with us today. Dr. Brian Willoughby is joining us. Brian is a Ph.D. He's currently an assistant professor in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. He, uh, he went on and got a master's degree and a doctoral degree in family social science from the University of Minnesota under the advisement of Dr. William Doherty. And Doherty's one of the great gurus, kind of, of Marriageville. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Marriageville is an actual place, but he's really well known. And uh, so to, to be in Brian's position, having studied under Dr. Doherty, A, it's an honor, but B, it sets you up when you came to BYU, too. You're over the Relate Institute. Yes. I'm, the, I'm current director of the Relate Institute. Which is a big deal, too, because Relate, is that, that's the program where you can go be evaluated as, as couples, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And see how you fit the criteria, the Relate, the relate criteria. Yeah, yeah we, run, we run an assessment that couples or individuals can take, and they, they go online, and they take a survey about the relationship, and at the end, they get a nice report and assessment that yeah. talks about, here's what you're good at, here's some areas that you might want to work on, because <laughs> they might cause a problem down the road, um, and here's some areas that maybe are, are a problem right now. Wow, that's that huge. Yeah. I mean, that really is a huge advantage because otherwise right. it's just, I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you're only left with like, <laughs> exactly. I like her, then you might want to find out some other things. Yeah. But um, so that, that too is a big deal. That's a th- something that BYU's you know, invested a lot in and believe a lot in. Anyone can go take those assessments, right? Yeah, it's just right online um, on the Relate website. It's relate institute.org. Yeah, they made um, that hard, didn't they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're about we're revamping it right okay, now. Good. So we're going to have a new one hopefully. Yeah, in, now in that you're in bit. charge of that. Now I'm Brian. in charge, we're getting rid of the dashes yeah, on good. the websites. So relate dash uh, institute institute.org. Yeah. And so anyone can go on and and take that assessment um, and get that report. And the nice thing about it is is a lot of people have that fear of, you know, I I think my relationship could be better. I think there's some areas yeah. of improvement. But man, I, I don't want to go see a therapist. Yeah, that's, oh, they're messed up. Yeah, they're messed up, right? <laughs> they they got all sorts of problems, and then everyone is going to know that. Or, yeah. it, there's just a lot of barriers to that, and so this is a nice thing you can do at home. You can do it on your own, or you can have your partner take it with you. Um, and the nice thing about having your partner take it with you is that when you get the report, then um, you'll take it separately. But it'll ask you questions about your partner. Uh-huh. So when you get the assessment, you'll see, okay, here's what I said about myself, but here's what I said about you, and here's oh, what you said about me, and here's what you said about yourself. So you can see, well, I really thought I was a really great yeah. communicator, but you're telling me that maybe that's an area I can yeah. improve on. This sounds like the beginning of a really good fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then at least you'll know <laughs> yeah, then it's that out. this is a problem. But yeah. to me, it's because we're so naive to it, aren't we? I think we th- well, part of that, I guess, is the chemistry that says, go for it. Mm-hmm. She's the one. You've never smelled someone better. Right. I mean, then eventually, a few years in, you have to deal with the real issues anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of those things don't come out in the yeah. dating process. And what else I guess you can do is get your get the data, mm-hmm. and then on Relate, are there activities you can go to? Are there things you can do based on your based on your results? Yeah, when you get the report, it'll go through and kind of tell you what your scores are, and it'll give you little ideas of, you know, if this is an issue, here's some things you might want to think about. Um, there, there are a lot of therapists in the area as well, too, that will use that as part of their marriage counseling. And yeah. so they can do kind of more in-depth 
um, kind of walk through with the couple sure. about the report. Is it free? It is not free. No, it's it's twenty dollars um, to take the assessment. But compared Seriously? to taking a therapist, yeah. or going to see a therapist, yeah. it's the average it's much divorce cheaper. is fifteen thousand dollars. Yes, if each, it's much cheaper. If than you that. argue, if you're going to yeah. fight through it, I'm yeah. not. I'm looking at Juan because he's a one year met or a one year law student. <laughs> but I'm not an attorney, so and I he's can't not give an attorney. Legal advice. Yeah. But yeah, by the time you're an attorney, it might be twenty thousand dollars for a divorce. Yeah. Might be. Again, that is not legal advice. <laughs> no. Do not misconstrue. So talk to us, Bri. Um, again, relationships hard. So everyone always says, you know, what we need is we just need to kind of go – you need to kind of go party it up, get as much loving in you as you can. I'll get all this experience with all these people, and then that will improve your relationship later in life. And you wrote an entire article on that mm-hmm. called Sowing Wild Oats, Valuable Experience or a Field Full of Weeds. Yeah. What did you find out? Well, it's interesting because – and this is in a lot of ways kind of a, a new phenomenon in, in, the, in the current rising young adult population because you know it used to be if you go back to a couple generations ago, people turned 18 – Went to college, yeah. got married, got a job. There's this kind of sense of, hey, I'm an adult now, right. and I have adult relationships. I'm a grown-up, yeah. Yeah, but but now your typical 20-year-old doesn't really think that way. No, these millennials yeah, want to stay home. Yeah, they're, they're like, well, I'm, I'm kind of an adult in the ways that make it easy for myself, and I'm kind of not an adult in ways that still make it easy for myself. Right. And, and there is this sense, like you said, of, well, I, I want to get a lot of experience, and not just in relationships, but in everything. I want to study abroad. Uh-huh. I want to change my major 20 times. <laughs> I want to do a lot of part-time jobs, so I have a lot of time with my friends. And, oh, man. And there, there's this whole sense of I just – I want to try out everything. And that, that goes into relationships too is I want to try dating tall people yeah. and short people yep. and athletic Fast, people skinny. and, yeah, and yeah. all these different things so that I will know for sure when I meet that perfect person for me. And so I make sure that I don't regret anything. That's the big thing. Yeah. We don't want to regret yeah. Is, is that anything. the millennial paradigm though is avoid any regret? I think so. It's yeah, kind of a governing. That, and that fear yeah. that life will end when I'm 30 and that I'm not <laughs> going to be happy anymore because I'm going to lose all this freedom. Did they just learn that from us, their parents? <laughs> I mean, like, we're, are, these, are we that pathetic? I, I don't know if we're, it, it's we're that horrible. I don't or, know. or just, you know, you get into the information and technology and just the, hey, things are cool for about a day and yeah. then it moves on to the next thing. And so I think that tra- trickles into this relationship idea as well. So yeah, so we did a study looking at this um, idea and we were, we were looking specifically in the in the sexual intimacy domain. Yeah. This idea, you know, that specifically with sex, there's this idea of well, before I settle down with one person in, oh, in yeah. a monogamous relationship, I, I really want to play the field, the sowing wild yeah. oats and get lots of experience and 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 part of that too is this fear from a lot of people of well I want to make sure I'm sexually compatible. Yeah, right? we, we yeah. fear divorce. Uh-huh. We fear having a, a dull sex life. Isn't that because see to me it's such a foreign paradigm? Like, well, you, what? Like, no one should know. I mean, if you're raised in this really conservative culture, I mean, historically, no one was out there sowing their oats per se. You would get handed off from your father to some yeah. other father mm-hmm. to some son to yeah. – there you go. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. we're, it, was, it wasn't about right. that. Well, and now it is. It is. And, and part of the reason is is because now when we look at a relationship and I ask myself, what's a, a good relationship? It's satisfaction now. Yeah. And not just any satisfaction, 
my satisfaction. It's about me. Yeah. If I'm not happy, if I'm not satisfied, yeah. all of a sudden I'm in a bad relationship and I start wondering, wow, maybe I, maybe I need to find someone else that's making me happy. And sure. so now I really want to make sure I'm going to be as satisfied with this person as possible. And yeah. part of that is make sure we're sexually satisfied. So what did you find? So these guys that go out, mm-hmm. sow their oats, they got to try, oh yeah, see who they're compatible with, mm-hmm. learn as much as they can. I guess obviously yeah. it would make us happier. Right. And so we looked at married people. So we want to say, okay, after you've done this yeah. and you're married and we looked at the people that had done this sowing wild oats, had lots of sexual partners when they were dating yeah. versus those that had abstained until marriage. They okay. only had that one or two partners. Yeah. We're doing it, quote unquote, the wrong way now right. from a lot of people. So old school. Yeah, old school. Yeah. Um, and looked at their marital satisfaction and their communication and their conflict. And, and we found that, lo and behold, the couples that were waiting and abstaining and weren't sowing the wild oats were having happier and more satisfying really? marriages than the people they're having a lot of sexual partners. Were they, is it a cultural, like was it just that they had a more of a culture of, I don't know, they, they were more able to handle conflict? What was it? You know, you know I, What do you attribute I, it, it to? It was, I was listening to the intro to your show, I can't remember who said it, about practice makes permanent. Yeah. And and I think, we think that might actually be part of it. Is it? Is, is, but the question is, what are you practicing? Yeah. And if I have a lot of experience with a lot of partners, I'm practicing having a lot of experience with a lot of partners. Right. And now when I'm in a monogamous relationship with you're, someone for 20, 30, 40 you're on years, it's, wow, this is starting to get boring. And, and now what intimacy means to me is different. Yeah. Instead of intimacy being about commitment to this person and about a symbolic representation of our relationship, now it's maybe just about physical pleasure. Sure. And, and mainly for me. Right. I've become more selfish mm-hmm. in, in that pursuit to sow my oats and yeah. test the field. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was just I just became – I didn't become more able to live with another. I became more selfish. Exactly. And, and if anyone that is married can attest, if intimacy is just about physical pleasure, mm-hmm. it's yeah. going to be a problem pretty yeah. quick. Because yeah, because any marriage is going to go through ebbs and flows. Yeah. And frequency is going to go up and down with pregnancy, illness, all sorts of things are going to happen. And if my intimacy is just based on my satisfaction, then that becomes a problem. We think that might be again. That's one possibility, but that might be one thing that's happening is if I'm used to having a lot of partners and things are new and interesting for me for this whole decade, you know, maybe from twenty to twenty five yeah. or twenty to thirty, then all of a sudden now I am stuck, or it feels like I'm sure. stuck with this person. It becomes a lot easier to be dissatisfied. It's almost like they, they're just going to lead with selfishness and then they made up the story that they need to sow their oats. Mm-hmm. And that just justified their selfishness right. versus leading with – it's not about finding the right person. It's kind of more about being the right person and then using that, those traits to work well together Yeah, that, and that, figuring it out. Yeah, and that's a huge thing in any relationships. As soon as we, we other focus, right? Yeah. We focus on what's wrong with our partner and yeah. focus on what's wrong with our dating partners and not what do I need to do. That's, that becomes problematic. Oh, but Brian, it's so much easier to focus on that. Oh, yeah, because you know I mean? everyone else is horrible. Well, and their problems are so obvious. Yes. <laughs> because you I – mean, I mean we all have problems. Yeah. But mine are so hard to find. Right. And other people's are much bigger. Than That's them. right. I mean, they're right there. Yeah. They're right in front of my, their face, irritating me. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that? We're so messed up. <laughs> That's why we need Dr. Brian Willoughby with us. We're taking a break. Uh, we will be back with more with Brian Willoughby. Um, and again, go check out the, as he's the director of the Relate Institute here at BYU, but go check it out www.relate-institute.org. 
great place to, to uh, go evaluate where you guys are in the relationship, who you are, how you fit together. Again, not to dissuade you from being together, but to give you some light on how you guys could make it work. Taking a break, we'll come back more with Brian Willoughby, and we're going to keep uh, talk taking on relationship issues. You know, lots to learn. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking relationships and dating. And, uh, you know, James, our board op, who's out for a month on a major, I guess, a big date. But he Is that he, where he's at? He's on a big mm. date. Yeah. It's a long date. Actually, they, I think it's just, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a sentence. He's on mm. a sentence. <laughs> and I'm not a lawyer. Um, and so I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know ruin his name or anything but i'm pretty sure it's it's like a four to six week sentence okay yeah some sort of court order yeah. it's court ordered but you know he'll probably get out and he's such a good guy he'll get out early that's true anyway he is the um he's the doctor of passion so normally we'd be asking him all these questions so we're like do we have do we call him mm-hmm. in the utah state penitentiary or do we bring in dr brian willoughby Who's Option actually B? Uh, yeah, and I'm going with B now because the neat thing about <laughs> Dr. Brian Willoughby is he's actually read books and he's actually a doctor and he's actually a real doctor, not yeah. a doctor like James, who's a doctor with a K. He spells <laughs> it with a K. Dr. Brian Willoughby is joining us, uh, assistant professor um, in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University, master's degree, doctoral degree in family social science. Uh, working under Dr. B- uh, William Doherty, who really is. He's one of the gurus. And, um, but you've done some really fun research, I think. Uh, Brian, by the way, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, because there's a lot of myths we need to blow up. There's a lot of weird things that people believe about dating. Well, first of all, in your head, what, what are some things that people believe about dating and finding the right one? That you've just seen in the research doesn't pan out. Oh, by far the biggest one is that there is a right one. Oh yeah, let's that, blow that up. That 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 one a is soulmate. huge, right? And and most people have believe in a variation of that. So there's not that many people that actually believe there is only one person. There could be ten out there, right? There could be ten, fifteen, but yeah. there, there's definitely a range. Yeah, right. There's definitely a, a few people out there that are right for me that are going to make me, like we were talking before, the happiest yeah. and the more most satisfied. And anyone else is going to have to be me settling for someone. I else. hate that word. See, but so because so you say some actually believe that there's a handful, two dozen, three, you know, fifteen, whatever. But um, and then you're you're actually saying that's a myth. Mm-hmm. What? So if you had to throw a number, give me a number, and you, I know you're gonna have a different theory <laughs> on it, but just give me the number of possible candidates that, with work and focus, could marry. You could marry and be very happy with. Oh, should I be the optimist and say anyone? 
That's one <laughs> that way to do it. <laughs> okay, yeah. no, Just be kind the, of more of a realist. Yeah. Who would you, how many would you I, tell your daughter or your I, child? I, I think it's easily thousands. Yeah, maybe thousands tens of, of thousands, thousands yeah. Yeah, of people out there. You know, yeah. Obviously, there's issues of proximity. Right. And, You're not going to date someone in Ghana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, not that you wouldn't, but they're not yeah. close. Yeah. Right. As, as I always tell, you know, when I teach my students about relationships and, and marriage and we get all these questions, I, I always tell them, you got to stop trying to find the right person and start asking yourself the question. Instead of asking the question, what's wrong with these people I'm dating? They're so messed up. Right. Is what am I willing to put up with? Because oh, everyone has problems and yeah. everyone has issues. And so it's not about finding the person that doesn't have those problems or have, finding the person that only has one or two little yeah. minor issues. Right. You know, they don't sort their socks the right way. Right. Um, but what are the issues I'm willing to put up with? That's for a the great rest of my question. Life? I call that the mate and switch, right? Yeah. So we marry him thinking one thing. Then once we've mated, the deal kind of switches and we're like, what the heck? Yeah. This one's weird. Yeah. And exactly. then you got to decide. But sometimes you don't know, mm-hmm. right? A lot right. of times you don't know because. Right. I guess we don't bring that out unless you go take the relate survey. Right. Exactly. Then we can then, then we can bring things. it all yeah. out, and like you said, we can fight about it. Um, but yeah, and then part of that too is is, is when we're dating is focusing on those positives yeah. too. Because you're right; those things will always come up that yeah. we weren't expecting. But you also have you can leverage the good, right? Mm-hmm. Your skills, your ability to communicate. Yeah, and and that's about you know I, people are always ask me, what do you feel like is the most important thing in any long term relationship? And, and to me, based on all the research, all the studying, all the things I've done. To me, it always comes back to commitment. Yeah. Is every relationship going to be a little bit different and there's going to be little issues, big problems that we deal with. But couples that have that commitment, which is an internal characteristic. Yeah, it's, huge. It's not something that comes. But I've, I'm committed to you yeah. internally. Then when a problem does come up, it shifts the mentality. Oh, that's Now huge. instead of, man, I, what if I made a mistake and is someone going to make me happier? And Maybe I need to start thinking about that. It's, no, I'm committed to you. And so let's problem solve. Let's work See, on this. And that goes so counter to what we teach because instead we're teaching – the most important thing is that you feel love. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten up in the middle of the night when my child was vomiting, for example, and I'm not feeling love. But I'm deeply committed. Right. So yeah. I get up and do something I wouldn't feel like doing. Right. But I'm doing it out of a commitment. And, and then what's amazing is once it's, he's cleaned up and I'm holding him. Then all of a sudden the love comes. Sometimes the commitment has to precede exactly. the love, right? Yeah, I've got, I've got two models. When I teach at BYU's campus, the preparation for marriage class. Oh, all the which is huge because oh, yeah. there's tens of millions of exactly. undergrads. Yeah. That are I've, like, got, I've got two models in the class. I tell them the first day and I drill it in their head almost every single day. And one of them fits <laughs> this. Lot. It's just because I love you forever doesn't mean I'm going to like you every day. I love that. And, and, we, and I talk about that. I say, you know, there's going to be days when you don't like your spouse. Oh, yeah. They're jerks. And that's normal. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, you can talk to my wife. She'll talk about there's a lot of days I'm a jerk. Well, she I called, mean, by the way. Oh, yeah. I figured. And she's like, Brian's a jerk. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's one of those days. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Today's um, the day. But, but that doesn't change that love. That's right. right. In, in that love defined by commitment. That's huge. Um, that that I have that love for her that's never going to change regardless of what's going on in that particular day. You know, isn't that why it seems like that's why we put you in like a commitment, a covenant or something. So we've obligated you. I mean, if it was just easy enough to say, and you push one button and it was all over, mm-hmm. no one would stay married because we all have those days where we're like, what the? But there's a commitment and you'd have to go tell hundreds or thousands of your friends yeah. the social impact of it. The divorce, the breaking up of the assets, the yeah. figuring out how to do it. Exactly. Now you're talking about 
I'll throw out, I'll throw an academic word. Yeah. So excuse what is me. that? Constraint commitment yeah. is what you're talking about. We're constrained yeah, to we're not constrained. We're, we're stuck. Now the hard thing is is that's actually not that good of a thing in relationships. It's probably not. Because that's what keeps like abusive people in abusive exactly. relationships. The other kind of dedica- or the other kind of commitment is what we want. It's a dedication commitment. We're, we, we're doing internal. it not because we can't get out, we're doing it because we're so in love. Yeah. That's I'm huge. dedicated to you. I'm loyal yeah. to you. Well see, the one like seems to demand character mm-hmm. and the other yeah. it's interesting though, in a weird way, I guess culturally, societally when we can't control whether they're going to have the discipline to just care, mm-hmm. we'd rather just obligate them. <laughs> just, yep. We just obligate you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. And constraints. Okay. Sometimes I mean, it, it I mean to a degree, but yeah. you just don't want to, you don't want it to just easily fly out, but right. yeah. Powerful. Uh, so, okay. So the biggest myth so far is that you have a, you find the right person. I've always tried to debunk the soulmate idea, but there's always, I mean, because the hardest thing is you think you're going to, there's what, how many people on this earth? Seven and a half billion or whatever? Mm-hmm. And your soulmate happens to be in your same class at BYU. Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there's seven and a half billion people, and it just so happens your soulmate mm-hmm. is in the same class. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a, just didn't ever work for me. Yeah. <laughs> but how convenient. Um, what's another myth? What's another myth that you just, when you hear a lot, you, you're yeah. like, please. Oh, what was the other quote you give? Oh, the, the other one. The, the, other, the other motto in the class is it's okay to break up with good people. Because, oh, that's cool. Because when we date, we get stuck in this myth yeah. that I can't break up with you until you do something bad. Yeah. Or you show me that you're a horrible, disgusting person. And then we end up dating someone for an extra three months when we know we're not going to end up with them. <sighs> Um, and huge. so I, I, I talk a lot about, you know, you might be dating a perfectly decent, wonderful human yeah. being that's not right for you because they have a few problems like yeah. we all do right. that you're not willing to deal with right. for the rest of your life. That's and then so true. it's okay to break up with them. That's so funny too. It, Cause so it's like the enemy of the good is the best or whatever. We, we have so many good people, hmm. but, and some of us don't know how to break up, do oh, we? Oh yeah. <laughs> Does that like, do you, we need a class. We need to talk about that. We'll do a show yeah. on that. We'll have you yeah. back because at some point you just – I've I just noticed because I was a divorce mediator for yeah. a while. You have to hate them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You almost oh, have yeah. to turn the energy to hate yep. in order to get away. Yeah, I do. I do a whole class on that. Do you really uh, on campus? Yep, and it's like you said. Is you know, with with dating, it's not quite as extreme right. as a divorce, but it's the same ideas. It, I almost have to start looking for. Oh, you texted my best friend, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't tell me. So now I'm mad. So now we can break up. Or so, you looked so. at me funny this one time, yeah. and so now I can break up. We, you know, we need some excuse. Isn't that funny to do it? Yeah. Which is, I think, why you know we probably need to. I don't know. We, I think we should just require of all human beings certain level of relationship skills oh, yes. before we let you do anything. <laughs> That's what we should be doing with the millennials while they're all at home sleeping in our basement, yeah. not wanting to leave. <laughs> Great. Then you need to go to BYU education. and take your relationship classes. Um, that's a huge one. Any other myths that you just – just as a researcher that just get you, that yeah. irritates the, you? The, this one's hard. So okay. prepare yourself. Let's hear it. The myth is that your partner will change. Oh, I know. Because they won't. And but, we, we think they will. But, but Brian, they if they love me, <laughs> they would change. Oh, yeah. The, and yeah. they would. They'll, they'll try. And then yeah. they'll change for a couple yeah, days. Yeah, anyone can change week. for a day. Yeah. <laughs> but It's but the, the permanent change. And, and like you said before, the myth becomes a problem when we're dating someone and we see some of these things, characteristics, yeah. personality traits. We say, well, 
I, I they'll probably mature out of that. Yeah. Alter. They'll they'll get back. I'm yeah. sure they won't be obnoxious like that. Always. Yeah. Once I'm living with them, I can work yeah. that out. Yeah. Once we can be intimate. Yeah. They won't have problems like that. Exactly. Yeah. But then they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're not. So let's just get this straight from the good doctor. Brian Willoughby is stating factually through evidence in his research. They're probably not going to change. Probably not. Now, this is that probably that because, they can't. Yeah, yeah they well, could. Here, let me reframe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might not change, but you can change together. Oh, so it's about me now. Yeah, now it's about you again. See, that's no, why it's not even want. about you. It's about us. Oh, see. Yeah. So you can change little. I can change little. We can change together. But that's where it gets, huh? Is you get in a relationship where it's a stalemate, where one person doesn't right. want to – they want you to change. Just pick up right. your game. I mean because yeah. I've asked all my friends and all my friends say, yeah, you should change mm-hmm. and be more like me. Yeah. Well, it depends on what metaphor you want to use, right? Are we in a gladiator contest where we're fighting each other for supremacy yeah. in this relationship? Are we in a three-legged race where we're working together to That's try to get cool. to the end? And by the way, how cool would it be to have a gladiator three-legged race contest? That, that best of both worlds. Wow. You just blew my mind on that one. I've been noticing it in all these people that come and go through my program they, that people aren't changing. And then I always teach them, well, what would happen if you just gave up the idea? Just giving up the idea and accepting that they're just a little different. They're a little quirky. Yeah. Hmm. Brian Willoughby, we're taking a break. We're coming back. Dr. Brian Willoughby, again, the director of the Relate Institute at Brigham Young University, also a professor in the School of Family Life at BYU. We'll be back. More ideas, more, uh, more myths. We're debunking some of the myths of dating. Man, you blow up my mind, Brian. More right after this on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking relationships and dating, crushes. We're talking it all. We've got it all here. We're blowing up some myths with Dr. Brian Will. That was a myth exploding. Wow. It was a big myth. That was huge. <laughs> yeah. Could you just let me know next time you're going to do that? Because I was shocked. You blew it up. Oh, did I push that? Well, I just when, said it. When you guys are the ones blowing up the myths. Yeah. And so that's the consequence. I'm okay. Saying. It might okay. have been your mind blowing because you mentioned that. Too. That was my mind blowing. That, it was it's, probably both at the same time. Well, yeah. a lot of people say my mind is a myth. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Either way, it's gone. Um, this is fun because it seems like dating should be normal and natural. But then we have these subtle little paradigms like, you know, he's good. He doesn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you stay with him. <laughs> but you don't want him. Right. But then all of a sudden, you, you, I guess you start negatively interpreting, and you, you, you're going to, you're going to, your mind's going to self fulfill, right? So right. if in your mind you're done, mm-hmm. you're just waiting to find the evidence, I guess, right. you're, with some method to get rid of this. Exactly, guy. yeah. Like I said, you're looking for that thing, yeah. that that excuse you can use. We're so sick. Yeah. How do you and handle then, it? And then, and then when we do it, we'll do it with the least amount of resistance possible. Oh yeah. You know, we, we, at least most people know it can't be text or Facebook. Yeah, that's but, wrong. Yeah, but we're going to have a quick 30, 60 yeah. second conversation and then move on. I, I think the way to do it is you say, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. I love you. I'm just not in love with you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Is that not it, right? <laughs> no, that's not it. Because <laughs> you're no. laughing at it. Yeah. That's so rude. Yeah. I'm giving my best ideas. That's okay. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Brian Willoughby, again, assistant, assistant professor 
uh, in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. And uh, go again. you got to go to his website, although it's really hard to get to because he's got a hyphen in it, and it's a .org, but whatever. Um, www.relate-institute.org. And that, again, they'll go there. They'll fill it out. You, can you go single? Yeah, you can do single. Um, so it's not a dating either. service, so you, it's they not won't a line you up with somebody. Up. No, we have actually a separate assessment called um, Ready. Um, that you can take if you're single. Oh, that's cool. Um, and what that'll do, so instead of assessing your relationship, it'll assess your relationship readiness. And so it'll ask that's you a cool. bunch of questions about your family and your personality. Um, and it'll give you a report just like Relate yeah. Well. Um, but this one will be more about kind of here's some things you might – back to the working on yourself. You know, yeah. Here's some areas that might cause you problems when you're in a relationship. But that's that you huge. If you're, if you're sitting here and you're single and you're wondering, mm-hmm. like, could I cut it? Yeah. I'd I'd go get the ready profile because right. you got time right now apparently. Yeah, exactly. And this this isn't just some little, you know, sissy study. You, they're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and get a big. I've seen the packet that mm-hmm. you get. It's a lot of content. Yeah, yeah. You get and it's even resource where they can go and work on stuff. Books they can read. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, are a lot of people going to this? Because it seems like it's probably underutilized, and I, it, I don't know it, if it, it is. is. But and, and and I mentioned early in the show, you know, we, we're actually right in the process right now of revamping the whole website. Yeah. We're going to launch on Facebook and Twitter and all the yeah. social media this summer, um, and try to get that word out That's a huge. little bit more. Um, but particularly, like you said, for, for people that want a, a resource that's based on science, you know, there's a lot of sure. – you can go online and Google relationship survey and yeah. personal assessments. And there's all sorts of stuff out there. But um, Ready and Relate are have been through the ringer in terms of research. And, well, there's not – how many have an entire school behind them? Yeah, very few. There, there, there's only about three or four in the country that have kind of research validation that's been published in the top journals yeah. and, and, and Relate's one of those. And one one thing that BYU – as a university does well, is the family life program. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we have big families. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're invested. <laughs> we're invested. Yeah, we put a lot into this. So, um, and that, that would be good for couples. So any couple out there, I'm sure there's just guys driving home like, yeah, we're, my wife and I are totally off. Mm-hmm. We're missing each other. But that would be a great place to start because yeah. it'll, it might, it'll show you some of the holes. Right. Yeah, and facilitate that communication. That's cool. So that's the, that's the hard part because then we'd have to talk about it, right? Yeah. And right. talking's so hard. Yeah. What what well, is it about that? Because we can talk to our bosses. Mm-hmm. How come we're? I always hear people say, "Yeah, I don't have this problem at work." Yeah, just with you. It's <laughs> it's that emotional vulnerability yeah. that we we don't like, and and we don't like anxiety, and we don't like stress. And when we're, when we're with a romantic partner, there's you know if if a boss yells at me. I can escape it. Yeah. Right. But, I go home. But if my, yeah, I can go <laughs> home. But if my spouse tells me there's something wrong with me, that really shakes me sure. to the core because I'm emotionally invested in you, right? Yeah. Whether we all like to admit it or not, right. most of us that are married care a lot about what our spouses Absolutely. think and say about us, much more than our bosses and our friends. Well, it seems like, too, who knows more about you? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you fake it to everyone in the world, but you're mm-hmm. sleeping next to this one. Yeah. So there's, there's that vulnerability yeah. that we, we try to avoid if yeah. at all possible. Yeah. Plus, I mean, she could poison you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. hypothetically. <laughs> we're, again, we're not giving at any – At least that must be what you think a lot. Yeah. That's exactly – yeah. Right. <laughs> On the show, just so you know, Juan's not giving legal advice and Dr. Nope. Willoughby's not saying we should poison anyone. Yeah. 
Let's just be clear. That's true. Because those both came from me. The Relay Institute does not. Yeah, the related institute is not. <laughs> yeah, poisoning. By the way, that should be written. Someday you need a lawyer to write that yeah. and want. I'll introduce you guys after. Um, any other myths that we should be paying attention to? Like, I mean, there's subtle stuff. I mean, it seems like an obvious one. And tell me if I'm speaking out of turn. Is uh, we actually think we we can know someone? I mean, it seems like some of us don't even know ourselves, mm-hmm. let alone. You. Right. And then let alone the dynamic that happens when the two of us together. Right. So what is is it worth waiting? How long do we wait? How long do I wait to get to know somebody before I get married? Oh, that's that's a big question. The whole timing question. That's timing. Right? And and I get this asked all the time by students, by other people, you know, hey, we've we've been dating this long, we've been engaged this yeah. long, is that the right amount? And it's it's so it differs so much person to person, relationship to relationship. You know, it's I, my general rule of thumb that I, I generally tell people is I and th- this is particularly keen here at BYU. Yeah. Um, is I think you should at least know someone for a year. Yeah. Before you get married. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you, you, you go <laughs> you, you push that timetable up earlier than a year and you start getting, yeah, we knew each other for two, three months. We got married two, three months later. Yeah. You just want to punch them. There, there's there. There's enough potential issues there that you probably yeah. didn't see in those three or four dates that might come <laughs> up. Um, but, you know, once you hit that year mark, I think it, it is really dependent on the relationship and me, right? There right. might be things that I need to work on individually before I'm ready. There might be things we need to work on as a, as a couple. There might be context things. Like if that, they're living out of their car. Right. Exactly. So you might want to just say, reasons. let's work on this. Let's yeah. get you a place that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. ground. Right. Or, or maybe we've got one partner that's working on mental health issues, yeah. addiction. Um, you know, there just could be so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I don't think there's a right answer. That's right. To that's that. good. I think there can be too fast. There can be too slow. It's, it's really about that couple having, and this is what we don't do, right? Is having the conversation yeah. about, is it right for us? Because there's, there's so much emphasis on the proposal yeah, and it's got to be uh, secret and it's got to be this big, huge and thing romantic. that then a lot of dating couples feel like I can't, we can't talk about this marriage thing That's crazy. because it's, yeah. it's, if we start talking about it, then I'm going to know that we're heading that direction or I might freak him out or freak yeah. her out. Um, but having those, those honest conversations with each other about where are we in this relationship and where yeah. are we going and where do we see ourselves in a year or five years and what do we need to work on? That's right huge. Uh, so it, it does, is there any correlation between having your wedding engagement video going viral and the longevity of your marriage? I, I have not seen that study okay. yet. That, that's <laughs> on my to-do list. Just check because people make the biggest deal about that, don't they? Like how impressive they can make this engagement. And yeah. yet if they would spend more time worrying about mm-hmm. the next 50 years right. – yeah, well, it, uh, a little side, there, there's some fascinating research actually out there on proposals that show that people actually judge couples based on their proposal stories. Are you serious? Yeah, there, there's some, some fascinating stuff out there where they'll, they'll give people stories of proposals yeah. and they'll switch things around from what we're used to. So the, the woman proposes to the male. And when, when people see that, they think that relation must be in trouble. Really? Because otherwise, why would a woman yeah. propose to a guy? He must have commitment problems. Yeah, he's he, got must, a problem. he, he must be forced into this relationship. And so we, there is this really underlying powerful thing in our culture about that proposal and how much emphasis we put on it. And um, isn't there other research, uh, and I don't know if this was Doherty, about how we, uh, or this might be Gottman, how we talk about our relationship? Mm-hmm. 
Just talk about that for a second. Like how we talk about our engagement Mm -hmm. actually is a predictor of where you are currently in your marriage and and the longevity. Yeah. And that actually ties back to what we were talking about a little while ago about commitment. Yeah. Is we we can ask couples to tell their engagement story or their dating story or even the story of their wedding. And couples that are really committed to each other, that have that dedication commitment we talked about, that have that love and drive for each other, they talk about it really differently. They yeah. talk about the emotion and they talk about the feeling of those events versus someone that doesn't have that same commitment or is maybe having a lot yeah. of problems. They'll talk about, well, you know, it's very pragmatic. It's very, well, at first he did this yeah, and we, we were young and we were young and we didn't know who we were. <laughs> we, we had a lot of problems early on. You know, it, oh, it doesn't become so this benchmark um, for, for a lot of really stable, healthy couples, that engagement period, that wedding um, in particular, yeah. that's that, wow, you know, when I'm having those really bad days, I, maybe I'll go find some quiet time. I'm going to think about that wedding. I'm going to yeah. think about that. Again. I'm going I'm to think back to when I actually liked this person. That's cool. And then that can be re-energizing. Maybe that's what you ought to do is video you telling the story mm-hmm. of your engagement. Video yourself talking about it while you're just – while you're newly engaged – so yeah. you can go back and actually capture yeah. that excitement yeah. again. Well, this is something I actually tell couples to do something similar to that because when I when I talk to couples about weddings, I always talk about how weddings are are typically for everyone but the couple. Yeah. Right? If you think about oh, the, yeah. the lines and the cake, my yeah. wedding. The 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 people having the least fun there a lot of times are the couple getting <laughs> married because they just want it to be over yeah. and there's all these people and they're not eating like you said. And so I always challenge couples. I say, you know, take your wedding day and create some sort of ritual around it. Do something outside the norm. You know, write a song, write a poem, talk to each other, take a picture. And on your anniversary, revisit that. You know, pull that picture out That's cool. and talk about your way. Talk and about that day again. Connect to it. There's the rituals. Yeah. You're, you got the rituals in there, Brian. Yep. It's a ritual. Okay. Well, we, uh, we so appreciate you. We're going to have you come back regularly. Yeah. Will you? I'd love to. I mean, all I got to do is cross the campus. Yeah, it's, like, I, it's, a, it's a long trek. And we'll give you a water. I've packed a backpack and a tent, and <laughs> Did you? I made it this time. Well, next time we'll send a car. Okay. <laughs> that way it's just out your front door. Black and over limo. Here. Yeah, is eh, not a black limo. Okay. Uh, a, B, a BYU <laughs> van. We'll yeah. send you a white golf cart. Um, but so appreciate you. Again, everybody go to uh, the website relate-institute.org and go take that relate assessment. Um We'll hear more from Dr. Brian Willoughby. You the man. Appreciate it. Good to be here. You blew up half the myths. Thank you. We're taking a break. We'll, uh, we're coming back. After this, we're going to get into a little update on Mike Pond's endeavor to date thousands of women. Uh, it's called I Like You the Mikey Update. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And today's show, folks, we're talking about relationships and dating. And uh, we're going to do a little update because um, some of you know uh, Michael Pond. He likes to go by Miguel. Just when he's watching the World Cup. El Mundial. La Copa. Mundial. Mundial. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but a few months ago, we 
posted on my Facebook page um, a, soli- a solicitation uh, for who wanted to date my ruggedly good-looking producer. And tens of millions of people lined up, which equated to hundreds. But then they found out I was married, so we had to talk to Mike. Yeah, it was the saddest moment. And then we're like, Mike, will you do it? And he's like, I'll do it. And then Mike got 200 of our listeners um, that said they wanted to go out on a date from all ages, from young – from parents like trying to pitch their kids to my mom who's 70, I believe, four, uh, who's still waiting for a call. And uh, she's starting to be hurt. And why are you laughing? Are you laughing at my mom? She's a lovely woman who's very lonely. And I want to call you daddy. Would that be the weirdest thing? <laughs> that would be so weird. Hey, um, but uh, so what we've done is we've asked Mike to uh, come and, 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 you know, just catch us up. Give us a little I like you the Mikey update. It's time for the I like you the Mikey update. That's really good music. That sounds so official. Courtesy of James. I miss James. I know. He's a quality engineer. Quality. And you know what? Juan's great, too. Juan is no, great. Juan is, Juan is by far the most achieved he, board op I think we've ever had. He fills the lawyer kind of slot. Yeah. James is kind of a doctor of passion, yeah. Yeah. love. I feel, I'm always afraid with Juan that I'm going to be sued. <laughs> It'll take a couple of years, though, because I'm not yeah. a lawyer yet. So. That's a cigarette. So I feel That's really safe right now. But yeah. he keeps writing notes down, <laughs> and then I'm scared. Um, but and I again, I, 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 no one, no one has proven anything against James. There's been no proof, but somehow he was in prison. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll have to work on that. He's a good guy. Uh, so, Mikey, give us an update. Tens of millions of ladies. Yeah, man, what an experience. But before we start, I just want to say that last segment with Brian. Yes. Oh, my gosh. He was great. If, you, yeah. if you're just now tuning in, go back to BYURadio.org and listen to it. Did, was, he, did he debunk wonderful. some of the myths? Yeah, I think he did. Because I know you believe in a lot of those myths. Like, you believe in a soulmate. In black cats or bad luck. Yeah, and don't walk under ladders. But you also believe that you have a soulmate waiting for you. I know that. I know you believe that. How did, did we've never talked about that? How do you know that? I can it's I can see it in you your can eyes. Just in my eyes. Plus, I All also right. read your journal while you were in the other room. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. that little lock on there doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> Does he think that lock works? Yeah, yeah, no. Oh man! But so, so what are you learning? What what you've dated? I guess you had two hundred to date, including my mother. Right, and like you said, there was all different ages, and so we kind of narrowed it down we? to, to we? more. Yeah, the the producing team. Okay, they kind of screened for me. Did they, they screen my mom out because she's still waiting? Um, I don't know what happened with that. I think I, – I don't know. Uh, her name's Carolyn. Carolyn. Just look her up on the list. All right. Well, Give her a call. After the show today, I'll okay. – uh, we'll see. Actually, today I think she's playing bingo. Shoot. <laughs> Dang but, it. You know, she'd love you to come. Um, so what – how many of you dated? Because I know see. you were dating up a storm. So, so I went on about – Probably, I want to say, 18 to 20 dates with different girls. Did you really? And then, uh, yeah, from from this... From this list. Yeah. And then uh, I kind of weeded them out, uh-huh. and then it got to a smaller group, okay. and I started going on more dates with and the smaller group. And those are the ones, let's just say, you really likey, Yeah, Mikey really likey. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And it was so funny. Um, I think really before this, I, I'd date every once in a while. I'd go on a date probably... 
once every two weeks, once a week. But this, I was going on yeah. dates all the time. I remember you used to sleep through the show. Yeah, it, it was rough. It was rough for all um, of us. But I learned a lot from Did this you? experience. What did you learn? Like, what, what stood out? Um, you know, there was... A, we have really good fans. Yeah. That they're wonderful. They're yeah. great, Matt. And great mothers who really are desperate to have their children married. <laughs> We've got that going, too. Yeah. Not yeah. So I wrote down, uh, before the show today, I wrote down 10 things that I learned from this experience. Let's hear them. This is great. Um, and it's so funny because, you know, dating... Uh, it seems like it's this this huge game or kind of like an act, especially with my age group. Uh, let's let's see who. who can way, try what and is act your age group? Twenty four to to thirty. And we didn't talk about 30. this on air, but Doctor Willoughby would say that would be pretty much the ideal age. Or did we talk about that on air? Did we? I can't remember. But that you're you're in the pretty you are in the ideal age to get married. I'm trying, Matt. I I'm mean, everything right now may be lining up hypothetically. That now. You've learned all these lessons that you'll teach us, but you're also in the perfect age, and you've narrowed down hundreds, including my mother, down to a few. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Under five. Um, wow. So it's this game of who, who – let's pretend uh, who doesn't care. You know, let's, who, yeah. who cares the least? Yeah, the old dating game. Mm. Who yeah. cares the – because whoever cares the most has the least power. So at first this started out as kind of this fun, you know, let's let's – you know, do this for the radio thing, but I actually, I, I started to take it pretty seriously, and and I learned, you know, okay, I actually have to go on these dates. That's and a great it's not, rule. And it's not one of the things. This is thing number two. It's not illegal for girls to to ask guys on dates. You, if you like someone, rule yeah. number one. If it's, uh, <laughs> if you like someone, don't pretend you don't. Yeah, put like it out them. there. Yeah. yeah, be honest. Don't honesty. play games. And uh, so, if I liked someone, I would tell them, you know, hey, I. I like you a lot. Yeah, I think we should go on another date. Or mm. if I didn't, I would tell them. That's good. You know, I don't really see... So just out of the blue, like let's say you were just talking to some friends and you liked a girl, right? Then what would you say? I'd say, hey, I think you've got a really cool personality and I'd love to get you know, know you better. That's like, a great Would line. you like to go out for dessert later or... It's a you know, great... You know a line, another line? <laughs> let's hear it. I'm worried though, man. That, we got that, a lawyer right here. Be that, careful. That must have really hurt. And she'll say, what? You'll say, that must have really hurt. And she'll say, what? What really hurt? What? When you fell out of heaven. <laughs> Why are you making that a laugh? You got nothing else? Uh, Not a laugh. Uh, Not, no, no, no. <laughs> Get like one where like, hey, that's hot. Um, okay. I don't think we have that one. Yeah, go we'll find work on one. it. Go find it. Yeah, go find a button. We'll a hot, hot button. Okay. Uh, that's um, good. And through this process, I think... Uh, it, I, I wanted to find out who people actually were. And so I had to get kind of past the fear of, of asking people about their family and their siblings and, and what their fears were and what their goals were in their yeah. life. And I think a lot of people are afraid to, to get to know people or expose their yeah, heart. Yeah, that's cool. And say, this is who I am. And, so you were vulnerable and then you wanted them to kind of be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, that's you cool. got to be yourself. You got to be okay yeah. with being yourself and be honest with yourself and with the other person. And that's really hard to do for some, in our culture for some reason. And I think it's it's everywhere. It's that vulnerability. We're so afraid. We're so afraid. Cool. So you got them out of their shell. What else did you learn? Um, it's, you know, to be nice. Have respect and be chivalrous in yes. all aspects of the relationship. Both sides. Um, it's it's okay. You don't need to be mean to no. make people like you. I, for some reason, I feel like people feel like they need to be... Uh, cool. Like, I'm too cool for that. Yeah. And is that when you started wearing your cape? That's when I started wearing the cape and the Harry Potter glasses. 
Yeah. How'd that work for you? Really well, actually. <laughs> you know, do it, women like guys in capes? Like um, yours, was, yours was not like a Superman cape. It was more like a Dracula cape. Yeah. Like a big, mm, nice, dark black, cape. Flowing. Regal. Yeah. Kind of looking. Did, did they that, really liked it. Did they? Okay. Because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of the guys, we were just laughing at it. Well, and Juan actually, he interviewed a few of the people that I dated and asked them mm-hmm. about. Did the cape come up? It did come up once, uh, and I quickly asked a new question. Good, good. Because it was a sore subject. But what are some things that you learned from them about the I like you, the Mikey experience? I think the big thing was that we are more critical of ourselves than other people are, Yeah, Mm. I think. um, Because everybody that we interviewed, they all had a good time with you. They all said that they would go on another date with you. And so – and. And most importantly, they all said that they like either Mikey. Do they really? Yeah, I asked them that question. See, so but I what I wonder well. if we, in Mike's pursuit for passion—that's an alliteration. <laughs> if Thank he, you for pointing that out, by the way. <laughs> Mike's pursuit for passion. I wonder if we didn't just tick a bunch of people off because now there's so many people that likey the Mikey, but Mikey no likey. Well, Mikey can only likey one of them, right? Yeah. I mean, when, once we narrow it down, yeah, it's like the World Cup. Yeah. Not everybody's going to win. Well, and I guess that was the biggest thing that that I learned from this whole thing is that that dating uh, at my age, it's all about learning. It's all about uh, treating other people with respect and meeting new people and making friends and learning about yourself. That's cool. And uh, you know, it was a really cool experience. It wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be. So. You're engaged? Well, I'm not engaged, but I have narrowed it down to one person. And really? Yeah. You just got dinged. Thanks, one. I can, I can give you that one, too. Ooh, that one sounded like it hurt. No, that's a good one. Is that this good is one? the bad one. Yeah. Ooh. Um, do you have an announcement? Do you... Well, just, just that, that I'm going on more dates with this, with this person. One. Yeah, you found the you found L one, and maybe we'll see. Late, maybe yeah. in the future, she'll we'll we'll talk about her. We'll see what happens. What, when do you think um, I'll meet her? Uh, I don't know, man. We'll it's see. kind of a big step meeting yeah. the producer or the host of the show. That's it's true. It's kind of like meeting the parents. You're like my fake dad. <laughs> Are you saying I'm a fake? Well, I'm not you know, your real dad. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't Why don't say, you say I'm your father. I'm your surrogate father. I'm your. I'm your. That sounds weird. I'm I your know, fake um, dad. Just has a ring to fake it. Fake dad. Yeah. Like yeah. My, I feel like we should, you know, push the coin button every time. Fake dad. Fake. There we go. There we go. Um, well, I'd like to meet her. We'll see about that. We'll make some plans. Well, I, I mean, I, she calls me. She calls you. We talk all the time. Oh my gosh. I know her name. That's probably why it's going so well. Oh, yeah. I'm paying her off. <laughs> no, I, I don't know her yet. But um, she sounds lovely. Oh, she's great. She's Wonderful. Th- and, you know. But we're running out of time, Matt. We'll have to talk about this later. I know. It's my show. I'll just stretch it. <laughs> stretch it. Shrink it. Okay. So um, someday, soon, bring her by. Bring her by. Okay. I've got, I've got yeah. a big date night coming up. You can bring her to the date night. Oh, that could be fun. There you go. That'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) I'm going to meet her. Uh, I like you, the Mikey. I guess that's. I guess that's probably the last. I like you, the Mikey segment. Could be until it's. I like you, the Mikey forever. Yeah. And then that's all. I'm still kind of sad. He won't be my dad. Ooh, that rhymed. I'm still kind of sad. He won't be my dad. 
Thank you, Dr. Seuss. Thank you. We're taking a break. When we come back, guess who's here? The queen of love. She's actually on the phone. She's not going to be here. But uh, Meg Conley's joining us. Meg in Progress is her website. We'll be talking to Meg right after this break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about dating and relationships and we're bringing in the, we're bringing in the big guns. We had uh, BYU professor uh, Brian Willoughby was with us, but also you know we're now we're now going to the um, to another expert known for her profound uh, insight expertise in relating and dating. Um, one who has dated tens of thousands of people and asked many um, a guy out. Uh, Never. Never. Meg Conley joining us on the oh. phone. How are you, Meg? So good. How are you? Good. I've missed you. Why are you not in here? Well, I'm speaking at a really big conference this week, so I'm actually on my way up there as we speak. A conference meaning a place um, where people are it... gathering and paying to hear you speak. Yes. So I'm, I'm one of the speakers, and the keynote is Martha Stewart. So Wow. Guns. That's yeah. huge. I don't know if she's allowed to have guns though, because she was in prison. Yeah, no, I think so. I, I think, and we'll ask Juan later, but he's not a real attorney. But uh, Juan, <laughs> I was going to say you're going to have to wait a couple years. Yeah, Juan has no comments so. on that. Um, so he's so cautious. Yeah, yeah. I've never, you know, I think it's like he's an attorney, and he's right, not yet. Right. Like this is when he should throw caution to the wind and just start giving advice. But they've trained him not well, to. Well, if I don't, then I'll never become an attorney. Yeah, see, that's, that's that the works. problem. See, so. you're thinking ahead. Yeah. You're tricksy, proactive. Very tricksy. Hey, uh, Meg, uh, what, what are we going to speak on? And is my okay. name going to come up? Well, first of all, I have to say I got the nicest email from one of your long-time, long-time listeners. Really? And, yeah, he said he's been listening forever, and, and he's a trucker, so he was radio all the time yes and he said that he loves your show and really? that he listens in every tuesday <gasps> specifically what what like what, what with, why, with why tuesdays why tuesdays on. oh okay so he actually yeah. likes you too no no he listens to the whole show but he okay. also likes me too and he said he loved my laugh and i was like well that gives me a lot to laugh at oh really and, and you can decide you can decide whether that's a good or bad thing yeah that i'm <laughs> trying to decide right now and by the way is that your laugh so hi bill is his name Bill? Yes. So Bill the trucker. How are you, Bill? Bill the trucker. That is so cool. Um, you know what? That's going to be one of our next segments. Is we need to have Bill drive by or drive through, and then we put you out on the truck with him. Here's the thing. I love truckers. My our like closest family friends growing up. They own this big trucking company, and um, they always had so many adventurous stories. And yeah. I, I loved it. I wanted to be a trucker when I was little. Uh, you can see the whole United States. I love America. Well, I know, but why when you're little? You really couldn't do it when you were little, so now you need to do it now. Well, when I was little, I wanted to, but then I started driving. I can barely handle like a yeah, like a Honda Pilot. Or your like, Lexus. Like, yeah. Or my Lexus. <laughs> you can barely handle your Lexum. I am not I am not woman enough. I'm not woman enough oh, Meg. For, uh, for a big rig. Don't give me that. That's cool. And hey, shout out to Bill. That's way cool. And they always contact you. It's almost like they don't know where to contact me. Well, here's the thing. I think they think you're too big time. 
Well, I'm like I'm like I'm lonely not. contributor, and so they're like, oh. Yeah. We'll email Matt, but he won't even, he doesn't read his emails. He must pay someone to read his emails. Hey, guess what I just found? I just found an email you sent me. Yeah? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't answered it yet. I know you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Hey, Meg. Well, you guys have been talking about dating and relationships, Have you right? been listening? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I've been packing. What? And what? Are you moving? Songs. Well, I was packing to go on to this conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was singing songs with my kids, and I didn't hear the rest of the show. Man. But, but I wanted to. Really? I always do, Matt. I always do. I know listen. you do. No, I know. You're, you're busy. You're a busy woman I, well, now. You and Martha hanging out. You know, virgin daiquiris. You know how it goes. <laughs> but um, I, see, I didn't feel like I always get on the show, and I'm always preaching to women. Like, yeah. be kinder to each other, or... Um, Offering gentle instruction about yeah. what we as women can do better. But here's the thing. Sometimes it's totally the guy's fault. Right? Come again? What was that? I feel like what happens is yeah. women, women date. They are wooed. They are courted. Yeah. And the dating is this whirlwind romance. Or yeah. at least he takes you out to Chick-fil-A once in a while, right? If like you're lucky. Yeah. We have different definitions of romance. Right. And then we get married. Yeah. And we're like, what the heck happened? Oh, and yeah. the men stop working to woo the women. Yes. Well, we're wooed out. There's no such thing. No, uh-huh. Our done woo done we're broke. regenerative, right? No. Like, like, it's the phoenix. It rises from the ashes every time you think it's been burned out. See, but this is the deal. You, this is, let me, te- let me just teach you what I've learned, because this is really what I found. We, we're only wooing you. So you think it's wooing. What we're trying to do is win you, right? And we're winning you with being someone we're really not. <laughs> and then what happens is once we have you and you're with us and we feel safe and we love you and we're safe with you, then we, then we just re, then we just recoil. That sounds bad. Then we just, <laughs> we fall back into the person we are. Here's the thing, though, so it's a sign okay? that we're safe That's, with you. Uh, I can see that, but I would also say hogwash mm. because I think that what men are doing when they're with women, when they're trying to win them, like you're yeah. saying, wooing, they woo them, whatever you want to call it, courting them. Yeah, um, you're not pretending to be someone else; you're actually being your best self. And so, ish, my ish. argument would be. You have to to continue being your best self, because here's the thing. Men want their wives to keep being them, their best selves, right? Yeah. They want their wives to be, you know, interested in kissing on the couch. Yes. Want to make them dinner. Yes. Okay, so we do this for each other. And I have to say, I wrote an article about this, um, whose name I will not share on BYU Radio. Okay. Is Is it Sean? The article, no, I did not name the article. Is it Sean O'Neill? And it continues. I wrote an article about, you know, reasons why your wife doesn't want to hang out with you. Yes. And and it continues to be um, my highest viewed post of all time every single month. HuffPost Live called me and interviewed me about it because everybody said, yes, really, why doesn't... Why isn't my wife interested in me anymore? Well, you stop being an interesting person, and you stop being the person that she married. So we need to both, again, become the people that we agreed to marry. Yeah. 
Who, but don't you think we should start with the ladies? Because it's isn't it ladies first? No way. The ladies are getting a pass today. Men, so many of you are doing it wrong. But but there is hope, and there is help, and it is easy. Here's the thing: women, women need you to be your best self. Maybe they just don't expect much of you because doing <laughs> your best self to a woman is, is not that much effort. <laughs> well, except sometimes this is one thing we might run into is when we're being our best self, um, we're actually, I think the problem may not be us being our best self. It may be us trying to be what our wife perceives our best self is. Sure. And that, that can be a difficulty. Absolutely. <laughs> By the way, that got a ding. Did you hear the ding? That I got a ding. I got dinged. Who dinged it? Well, that that means that's that's from heaven. That means that was an accurate answer. <laughs> well, listen, that is true, but I would argue that that's a bridge you can cross after you've already started trying to do what you can do best. No, I, I totally so, agree that there's a bridge there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll jump off of it. But, but one, one thing about that, because part of it, too, is um, it's not enough because it, it would be exactly what you're saying. And guys do have to step up no matter what. But you also have to see we're stepping up. Like, see, right. the assumption That's is that you would automatically right. see that. And I That's don't think absolutely right. when you've got three kids and you're driving your Lexum, which is Lexus squared, <laughs> and you want and, and things aren't working out and da, 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 all this other stuff's going on, then it might be harder for you to see what we're doing. That's right. Absolutely. But as a woman, mm-hmm. I can tell you four things yes. that would immediately okay. make an impact. Okay, hold on. Let me get paper. Get get that paper. Marty needs you to know this, Matt. Did I you said, talk I to her? I think you're already pretty good at this. I doubt it. I doubt it. I feel like you're a good husband. Well, I I feel like I'm an incredible husband. Marty's way hotter than you. Yeah. And she's sticking around. Yeah. So, like, you must must be doing something right, Matt. You know what? You're so right, and I've never thought of it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I was always into, like, the commitment, the vows, and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. um, (laughs) So, so just so you know, you're going to give us four... Keys, yes. right? Yes. That that men should be doing to keep to be their best self, so their wife will stay engaged. Yes. Okay. okay but well, hold on, you can't go now because we have to oh. take a break. Oh come on! See, that's called the segue. Oh wait. See, we're creating yeah. tension. <laughs> oh, here's Sean. Actually, we all have to get prepared, Meg, because we're all yeah. Maddie's not here today, so we're all guys. Yeah. So we're all writing these down, so we have yeah. to get ready, and we, yeah. we'll take it in the next segment. And then somebody needs oh, to wake one up. Okay, uh, so we're talking to Meg Conley. She is about to teach all of Mandom, all of the kingdom of men, the four keys, the four keys to keep their wives engaged and interested. This ought to be fun. We're taking a break. We'll be right back right after this. More with Meg Conley right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, on the phone, uh, Meg Conley. And Meg is, as you know, she's a blogger extraordinaire. She has a, uh, a website called Meg in Progress, which is an important name because Meg's about to give us some advice as men 
um, that would teach us what we would need to do in order to make our wives happy and uh, and, and have them ready to just, I, I don't know, uh, love us again. <laughs> and so, so Meg's advice, let's just say, is a work in progress. Is that right, <laughs> no, Meg? This one is gold. Is it gold? It's gold. Okay, you've got four points. And um and and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna see if the heavens rain down a ding <laughs> or if the heavens aren't so pleased. Well, and I have to preface this by saying because uh, the negative comments that I do get on this article are often, Hey, that doesn't even begin to cover the things that okay. he isn't doing. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> so there's just four of many. Wow, okay. There's four of many things we could say. Again, and, and we're oh, talking yes. to somebody that talks to a lot of women. So you you could be giving us you're not trying to beat up men, you're saying this is no. what I'm hearing from my lady folk. Yes. And I think it's important to note that I re- I wrote a companion article for women that was okay. addressing the same good, thing good. that men need. Okay. We're just okay. talking about the ladies. All right. Okay. We are all ready. We are ready number 1. 1. You need to listen, you need to remember, and you need to say thank you. Oh, whoa, 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 slow down. That's three things. Listen. No, no, it's all all, all communication, right? Remember and say thank you? Yes, so listen. I'm not just talking about when she's going on and on about the woman in playgroup who was not nice to her, although you should listen then, too. Yeah, that's important. Yes, but you need to listen to her dreams, her concerns, her memories, her fears. That's good. Okay, when you listen to those things, and don't try and fix them, no. just listen to them, you're validating her as a person. You're letting her know that you are seeing her as a whole person instead of just the person that she is to you. Cool, yeah. And that's important, right? Yeah, heaven just dinged. I, that's right. Right, because I think so often we treat our spouses like the roles they occupy rather than the people that they are. Yes, Right, you're liking this. I no, this is good. Like this is good. This I'm just gonna. I'm using all. I'm gonna use all of this in my next television appearance. <laughs> hey, just give me a shout out, Matt. I will. You need to remember not just anniversaries, not just birthdays. Um, although one should remember those too. But like in my marriage, we have forgotten our anniversary every single year. We've been married for eight years, and every single year we've woken up the day after our anniversary and been like. Oh, I think it was our anniversary yesterday. For us, that kind of thing is not super important. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's just suicide. For, for, for some, it is. But what is truly important is remember the things that she likes. Remember the little things. So, so um, for example, I love um, San Pellegrino limonada, and it's just this silly little thing that I love. And you can only get it at one or two grocery stores. And Riley comes home with it once or twice a month. Wow. Okay. Uh, the the arrancata is better. Yeah, that's good, too. That's By good the way, too. right when you said that, we all rolled our eyes. Because you wish you were doing that. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tried? Yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, the powder <laughs> stuff, I mean, like, I've had yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, again, that to me is Alexis' taste. Well, here's the thing. No, but I only get it once or twice a month because it is more expensive. For like six cans, it's like, I don't know, $5 or wow. something, four ninety nine. Jeez. I know. Have you ever heard so of water? At home, but it's better than flowers because it's something that is about me. Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, yeah. I, although I like flowers too. But that is very meaningful. And you need to say thank you. Mm. I know that, you're, that men, traditionally, it depends on the setup of your house. 
But traditionally, the man is out working. Maybe the woman's out working. Maybe she's at home tending the kids. But we fulfill these roles, and when we get home, we don't say, thank you, wife, for having a career and and grocery shopping today. Mm. Thank you for thank you for teaching our children to wipe their noses on Kleenex rather than on their arms. Yeah. Like, gratitude is another way to show your spouse that you understand the their sacrifices and what they're doing to make your life better, the lives of the people around you better and, and a simple thank you. Thank That's you good. for folding my clothes and putting them away. Yeah. Okay, that that is huge. No, that is you huge. Know, Totally agree. In my, house, my husband folds the clothes and puts them away, and I say thank you every single time. Do and you it really? Makes a huge difference. I well, do. And that motivates him to do it again. Yes. Yeah. And I'm. I, there's less stress, and I mean, listen, what, you're gonna as guys, you're gonna get it back tenfold. Okay. <laughs> promises, <laughs> like, promises. Hey, uh, here's a question. <clears throat> one thing I'm noticing just by by your number one is really three. Sure. So well, you can wrap a lot, um, but <laughs> this—I have a feeling the four things are really twelve. No, no, this is the thing. The rest of them really are single things. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay the second one—you yeah. need to go on a date twice a month. Twice a month. Twice a month at least. Le- every and week. Every week. Yes. But there are people who have um, difficulties with their children. Leave them. Can't seem to afford a sitter. Whatever it is, you need to go out at least twice a month. And on That's the good. week. You're not going to a restaurant or going on a walk. Yeah. You need to have an in-home date. Hold on. What? How does that work? An in-home date? Yeah, I've never done that. Oh, sure. Well, we do that all the time. Like, um, you you know, you you bring food in or you go get a Netflix or yeah. you go get your favorite thing of ice cream to share while you play a card game or just something. Because well, sometimes when you have young children and you're strapped, you can't figure out no. how to get yeah. out. Where do you put your kids on that date? Oh, well, they're asleep. They're asleep. I mean, can't the date start at eight? You, I guess you just give them a little Benadryl. Well, I mean, you're just going to sleep. If you, just, you just Benadryl them up and boom. Next thing you know, yeah. you got a date. Sure. Well, or, you know, you just have standard bedtimes and you start after the bedtime. And then once your kids are older, you're not paying for a sitter because you can have an older kid watch. Yeah. And maybe you are going out every night. That's every good. Week. That's good. Or every night. That would be great, too. That's but great. That, you would not believe what that would do no, for that's a huge. relationship. That's, and so that's a ritual like, that we can look forward to. Absolutely. And, you know, when my parents got married, the person who married them, they were married in this, you know, sacred place, um, according to their religious tradition. And the person that married them, the only thing that he talked about was that they needed to go out every Friday night. And so for my whole, for my whole life, they went out every single Friday night. Oh, that's great. It was great. That is great. It was really good for their marriage. Even when they hated each other, they went out. I love that. No, that's huge. Okay, so so far, you're you're batting a 1,000. Yes. Okay, I don't know if you'll like this one. You guys will be rolling your eyes. Well, we'll see. We'll see. If you want to be treated like a man, you have to act like one. So uh, I don't want your shoes on the floor. Mm. I don't want whining when I have to go somewhere and I leave the kids with you. I cannot tell you how many men I hear say things like, oh, I have to babysit oh. while my wife goes yeah. and dot, dot, dot. No, you're not babysitting. They are your children. You're being a parent, okay? Yeah. You, not, you need to be a partner with her. Too many men allow their wives to take care of them to the point where the wife feels like they're an additional child. Yeah, man, like child you number, need, yeah, four. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, you Sean has a comment. Roll your sleeves up. Get get your hands dirty with your wife. Get in, you know, the the soil of life. Mm. And and you guys need to be partners. You can't expect her to come to you as you know a woman who loves you if you're just going to be kind of a baby. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, I'm speechless. I'm, I think Meg. I think Meg will like this. Actually, speechless. I'm, I'm actually going on vacation, Meg. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting into an RV with three of my four children, and my wife yeah. is staying home. <laughs> I love that. Sounds manly to me. If you're, if well, your we'll, we'll meet up. Or, or does she want to stay home? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm leaving my wife. Actually, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, the wife. No, <laughs> she's. We're meeting up later uh, in in Chicago. But, she's a uh, very smart woman. Yeah, she is. A little break. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. I love that. Come yeah. on. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Little Shawnee. Yeah, little Shawnee. Um, he might die, but we'll. You know, he tried. <laughs> yeah, at least he died like a man. He died like a man. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Number four. Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. She needs a moment to herself, alone, every single day. Hmm. It, it could be a bubble bath. A drive for me, it's writing. She needs somewhere where she can go recharge. Whether it's because she's been with the kids all day, she's been with the boss all day, she's been, you know, I don't know, running marathons as some part of Guinness World Record thing. Whatever her thing is, she's been doing it all day. She's been doing it completely and without a break. She's been too hard on herself. She needs a minute to refresh, reflect, and then come back to you. Ready to be the person that you married. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that felt good. Yeah. Um, but can you just define for us, um, uh, Meg, uh, can you define the word moment? Okay, so for every moment it's What different. constitutes a moment? Because a moment seems like a few seconds to me. Right, well, well, we're using moment here in the symbolic sense. Okay, so, okay. I mean, a moment... If you want to get all poetic, it's like where eternity touches time. So eternity, give her eternity. Oh, sheesh. Ask her her what she needs. And if she's not sure, there have been times my husband has said, listen, you have the debit card. I have the kids. Please leave. He wasn't telling me to go spend hundreds of dollars, although I guess I could have. Usually Usually when he has said that, I've taken myself out of the house. I've gone and gotten a hot chocolate, and I read a book. You know, he said, yeah. sometimes, sometimes as women, we feel so dutiful that we um, forget who we are just as quickly as sometimes husbands forget who we are. Yes. And so as partners, we're supposed to nudge each other to our, be- our best selves, right? Yes. And so sometimes you need to create that opportunity for her. But for most of us women, um, when we're feeling sane and content know what a moment constitutes and it varies woman from woman i i go and write for three hours a week wow okay um, that's a lot of twice moments a, twice a day twice a week yeah so it's six hours wow where i just go and write and that's that's what i need and so that's what i take and he's happy to give it but don't you get that moment um when you're using the lavatory the restroom and your children, and there's a door, there's a barrier, and the children are on the outside sticking their hands underneath the door. And they're sticking their hands underneath the door. No. That's not a no, moment. 
No, if, if, if as a woman I am feeling responsible for anything, if I can hear yeah. the voice of my children, it is not a moment because my instinct to mother and my instinct to wife mm-hmm. will all, because of the stage of life I'm in, will always overcome my instinct to take care of myself. So we shouldn't so, gag the children, though, and stuff them in a, stuff them in a closet. Cause or that, that or would... let's say she wants a bubble bath plug mm. in a sound machine. So ah. all she can hear is the soothing sound of Mother Nature instead of two year old screaming. <laughs> oh, see, that's so true. Because then if that happened in our house and Marty came out, all my kids would sit there. They'd be sitting there with red eyes and they'd be like, <laughs> that was so mean. You know what? So it sounds like sounds like maybe you can use, use some time with the kids to rectify yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When do, when, when do we get our, when do the guys get our moment? Well, after after you, after your moment, the, yes, actually, yeah, I'm sorry, but yes, yeah, that makes and, sense. And, and um, and I think that I think that that applies to most things in marriage. I am, you know, me, I am one. Uh, you know, when you hear about like constitutional libertarians, uh huh, yeah, I'm a traditionalist feminist, and that makes me pretty radical to most people that talk to me. Yeah, but. I do think that that the man serves the wife first, and because the the wife um, will will give and give until she breaks. Yeah, until yeah. So she needs to be taken care of. I, I'm going to just add something to your to your um, definition. You are I'm writing this down. You're a traditional feminist. No, traditional feminist. I need I need I'll, I'll have a name for you by the next time I'm in. Okay, let's I'll just. Think of a, but I'll let's think add, of a way to phrase it. Okay, yeah, do that, and let's also just add the word bohemian. Sure. I just sure, think that's absolutely. important. I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm a traditional um, guy. I'm a traditional guy. Yeah. Well, that's good, and you're good at it. I got a point. I got a. I got a coin. Well, I can um, hear that. Th- th- this was a really. I think it was a very good list. I think it was. It was a very long list of four. Um, <laughs> actually, constituted <laughs> six. Not, but who, we're not counting. That's too. We're, that's no. too left brain. Though, so oh, totally. accessible. I mean, you guys can start doing this today, and you'll start reaping the benefits. Yeah, multiple benefits. Because um, it seems like a lot of times when I'm acting like a man, my wife's like, "Oh my word, quit acting like a man." Do find acting like a man though, right? Like, like I wanting to touch be- her. <laughs> okay, my point made. So I'm doing what you're saying, and now it's getting me in trouble. Listen, this all, this all, this all leads to that glorious place, though. <laughs> yeah, supposedly, if it's the twelfth <laughs> of never. Um, <laughs> Meg, you did great. Now, are you going to be able to hang with us for this last segment, or do you have to yeah. go pack to go? You know, go hang out with Martha Stewart. I totally can. I'm actually, I'm driving right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. How's the Lexus doing? Um, you getting good gas mileage? Fine. Yeah, good. Um, it's yeah. it's it, it handles well in the rain. So <laughs> I um I I drive a I drive a Honda. Okay, I love Hondas. Yeah, I, I I've never had a Lexus or two. Well, I I this is my first one too. Yeah. So, well, actually, yeah, it's the first of two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> but you know what? Your list works well enough that Riley bought you two Lexum. That's great. So we're gonna take Listen, a break. I will just say the list works. No, it works. You can assume what I'm saying. No, I, no, I know it works. I, I already, I can see how these would work. Number three is still irritating me a bit, but um, 
<laughs> but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'll act like a man. And even if I get in trouble, that's fine. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Meg Conley is going to hang out with us. We're going to wrap up the show. Sean's going to give us some questions we should ask before marriage. And like questions like, do you act like a man? Should be one of them uh, that Meg would add to it. We're taking a break. Meg Conley is going to hang with us, too. And uh, this is the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, folks. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show. And uh, Meg Conley still on the phone with us. She earlier had given us three really good ideas for what men could do um, to help uh, to, to help keep their wife engaged. She actually posited four, but uh, only three took, apparently. Hmm. I guess. All four were genius. They were. They were genius. Hey, uh, Sean uh, O'Neill is with us. This is his last show, I believe. No, I'm here tomorrow. Oh, he's here tomorrow. Then after that, we will not hear from him for two weeks Mm -hmm. while he is doing the Bataan Motorhome March across the United States (laughs) with his family. I'm jealous because that is my dream vacation. We did that as kids. We would all get in an RV and drive across America. Well, you know Mm -hmm. what? Weird thing, Meg. He's he's got four openings in the motorhome. (laughs) If, if you, my kids don't want to go. If you want to bring Riley and the other girls, that'd be great. Riley won't do it. He's like, why would we drive? Well, maybe why? Riley needs a break. Maybe you leave him for a Maybe he few needs days. a moment. Yeah. That's true. I can take the girls. He doesn't need to come. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That would be weird. You guys could call in from the road. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, so Sean's, gonna, Sean's got some questions that we should ask before we're married. Yeah, just to evaluate yeah, things. Yeah, just just evaluation. See questions. If, if things are going on. These these are things that Mike may be wanting to use here. Mike, pretty write soon. these down because you're you may have found the love. Now this list is 100 questions wow. to ask before you get married. I know I thought oh. that was quite a few. Well, you can just do what Meg does, and you just have it be one, but then have 12 <laughs> exactly. questions in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bethany Grow of LoveTheGrows.com adapted this list okay. from don't. Don't you get married until you read this, The Book of Questions for Couples by Corey mm, Donaldson. Sounds good. But there's no way we're going to make it through all 100. No. So no. we're going to just we're going to go through some and maybe pretty quickly. Uh, the first one is if we eliminated physical attraction from our relationship, what would be left? Golf. Tacos. Oh, you're not asking us these. Okay, that's a great <laughs> oh. question. No, yeah. it is a good question. Yeah. Because if you don't have that physical attraction, what would you have? That's and if that's such all you question. have, probably yeah. cats. I gotta say vice versa too, though, because I can't tell you how many women have written to me and said, "I don't know, like it was so great. He was so gentlemanly. He hardly ever kissed me before we got married, and now there's no passion. Now that we are married, it's like he mm. wasn't being a gentleman. He there wasn't good chemistry, and mm-hmm. so I, I think yeah. that is vital too. I that, mean, that is like oh, it is, and I just think that guy's got to act like a man. There you go. Well, that's a whole other radio show, probably on a whole other radio station. <laughs> That's number three. I just pulled it on you again. All right. And next, next one. If I put on weight, will it affect our relationship? Ooh. I should have asked my wife that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, do you think, lo- you think being in love means, one, never having to say you're sorry? Two, always having to say you're sorry? Three, knowing when to say you're sorry? Or four, being the first to say I'm sorry? Oh, boy. 
What do you think? That's that- I never, I never say I'm sorry. I know. I gotta come clean about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you don't too. That's sad. Riley always, Riley thinks I'm sorry within thirty seconds, and then I'll be like, I just have to think on that for a minute. I love Riley. <laughs> He's so great. He is great. So these questions are kind of broken up into different topics. That's the romance and love area. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about the past. Which childhood experiences influence your behavior and attitude the most? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Crucial. That's Mm -hmm. a big one. Is there anything in your past I should be aware of? No. (laughs) I'm good. What's that that jail tattoo you have on your (laughs) Is that a jail tattoo? <laughs> Have you ever been violent in past relationships? Uh, what do you mean by violent? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great. Those are, these are mm-hmm. great. You don't ask this. Do you keep letters and memorabilia from past relationships? No, that's creepy. That's okay. Uh-huh. Good. All right, now. Yeah. yeah well, I, <laughs> it's creepy. I think it depends on the relationship. I mean, if it's yeah, a Hello like Kitty it. mirror or whatever, well, if sure. You, but if you, you know, if you had a past marriage... Yeah. That might be something different. You can't cut your ex-wife's right. face out of every picture. Well, even or right. if you're a widower or a widow, yeah. that's different. Right. That's different. Yeah, that would be different. So now let's go on to trust. Have there been times when you were uncomfortable with the way I behaved with the opposite sex? Mm. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Would you be comfortable transferring all your money into my bank account? <laughs> I find that very funny, very funny question. Now? But it's true. <laughs> I know, exactly. That sounds like something Meg would ask. Here's right the account there. number. That's got Please. Meg's name written all over it. If you love me, you'd transfer it all into my account, Listen, right? Now. It's a joint account. I don't see how yeah. marriage is survive a joint account. No, I agree. They actually have well, higher divorce some, rates some if you people? don't merge your money. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, the other question is do you trust me with money? Mm. And then is it permissible to. For us to open each other's mail. Sure. That's, yeah, no secrets, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Really Full transparency, mm-hmm. right. So now let's look at the future. Do you anticipate maintaining your single lifestyle after we are married? Just part of it. Yeah, I was like, that's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, the no, no, thing. it's just, just part of it. are you going to spend just as much time with your friends, family, and work colleagues as you do now? Uh, no. No, I've got to go on dates now well, every that's, week. You know, I know. <laughs> Is there anything about marriage that frightens you? Yes, all of it. So much. Oh yeah, of it. no kidding. So. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to move away from our families for work, would you support me? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a great yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there, there's all sorts of other things here. Like, uh, if we're un- unable to have children, should we adopt? How long should we wait before having children? All sorts of different questions. What color hair dye should is not acceptable? Right. That's one that Riley needs to answer. <laughs> so, but it, it's, I mean. It's love. I, I know it's funny that I'm talking about this because my wife and I got married very quickly. Yeah. Well, and you're also leaving without her. Yeah, exactly. On a motorhome trip. Yeah, you're leaving your wife, so. I'll be picking her up later. Well, and we just invited Meg and her family <laughs> to go with you. <laughs> there are bunk beds, Meg. Meg, he'll swing by uh, tomorrow. If you can be ready. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm going to be kicking it with Martha tomorrow. Oh. So. Going to prison. Okay. Bring shoot, Martha sorry. along. She can join in the trip. Party with Martha. Well, well done, everybody. That was great. And Meg, um, you're still alive. Have fun with Martha. Yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll see you guys Monday next week, right? Yes. Are you coming in here and um, bringing something to eat? <laughs> yeah, I am. Is it like, will Bronco still be in studio? We're, we're, we're not know. sure of that yet. We're working. Yeah. We're, we're, we're working the phones. 
as they say in the business. I'll bring ex- I'll bring blue treats. Ooh, yes. Hey, and good luck in your um in your presentation. We're all Thank here you. for you. I made a PowerPoint and everything. And everybody, yeah, did you really a PowerPoint? I did. Post that on Meg in Progress because I'm dying to see it. <laughs> everybody, go check out Meg's uh, PowerPoint on Meg in Progress. <laughs> and good luck to Meg. Good luck to all of you. Remember uh, a little C.S. Lewis quote for you: "Love is not a." the affectionate feeling it is a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained c.s lewis rocks it again modern domesticity that's what we're talking about tomorrow has keeping a home changed in the modern days we're talking about it this is the matt townsend show back tomorrow more ideas more tools to help you find the good in life thanks for joining us